North Korea. Does North Korea have an area code? Hello, and welcome to the John's Cast. I'm Zachary. I'm Benjamin. And on this very special episode of the John's Cast, we go to you, the listener, hat in hand. Because, fellow John's Cast listeners, uh, it's come to the point where, you know, Benjamin and I do this for free. We do it because we love the cast. But when it comes down to it, we really, really need to buy a BMW. We need to buy a BMW for Rami. He was such a good guest. We think he deserves it. Plus, we didn't read the fine print in our contracts. And anyway, we don't have the money for a BMW, but you do. So please, please donate to the John's cast. We only need... And if... Yes. If So you guys, I'm sure you remember Rami. It's one of our favorite episodes ever and perhaps our most popular guest. One of our most popular guests, certainly. Um, is, is Rami and like as a just a thank you we try and do every time we have a guest on the show is uh, you know like they're here for the Johns but we like to leave them with a BMW and yeah. if if we can't do that I mean the quality of our guests is going to go down and we would really like to retain Rami to your guests um, and so if you want, if, if you love the cast, like we love the cast, uh, we got a, we got a hotline here for you. You can call in and, uh, share your credit card information with, with one of our associates and, you know, leave a donation for Rami and help us get Rami this BMW that he may not need, but he definitely deserves. Yeah, and you know, like, Oprah gives all her guests a car, and that's like a hundred cars, and all we want is just one car. I don't think that's asking one, too much. One every couple months? Yep. That's not... You know, like, we're funnier than Oprah, yeah, for sure. for sure. Like, <laughs> our book club definitely has a better percentage of books. Like, she has The Road in there. I'm a big Cormac McCarthy fan. I mean, The Road is kind of low tier among Cormac McCarthy books, but it's real good. And, uh, you know, like, that's in the Oprah Book Club. And she gives everybody cards. Like, she just hands those things out. Well, like, remember, Rami survived the pineapple. That's true. Uh, and, and who better to pay reparations for that mistake than the Johns cast? <laughs> You know, he des- he deserves a medal, and we're not the military, so we don't have those. But one thing we do have is the potential to ask people for money. To buy him a BMW, which is more fun than a medal. Yep. And remember, listeners, if all of you just donated $10,000 today, our pledge drive would be over. Just 10000 little dollars to meet our goal. And if you don't have that, I mean, you can call in and give what you do have. Yeah, like uh, $9,000. Or, yeah, you know, <laughs> anything between 0 and 9000 Really, you know, people have different budgets. I, Mine is real small. Um, because I spend all my money on John's. So, uh... 
So, so yeah, if you want to be, you know, a cool dude and donate, just call U Mall Johns. That's U M A L L J A W N Z now. Call U M A L L J A W N Z. Because where else are you gonna buy your Johns? Uh, I don't besides know. Besides the internet. Yeah. Malls in Japan. Buy everything. That's the answer. Buy everything on the internet now, though. I I would love to go to a mall in Japan because then I'd be in Japan, and that'd probably be real fun. Yeah, that, that does sound fun. Everybody would look at my iron hearts and they'd be like, "Yeah, that dude, he wears cool pants. He's probably in a biker gang, since that's what the association is with those in Japan." That's why is an additional goal. If we reach enough money to buy Rami as BMW and then some, we're also buying Benjamin a ticket to Japan for fun. Oh, shit. I had no idea. Guys, definitely donate. I would be really excited to pretend to be in a biker gang in Japan. Um, <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, speak. What is the number again? I feel like the people have already forgot. It's you, Mall Johns, Benjamin. U M A L L Johns. Because where where will I be in Japan buying Johns? In a mall. You mall Johns. Donate your asses off. You mall Johns. And if not, Rami can drive me there in his BMW. So uh, let's throw back to Rami. Yeah. Let's thank him for that great podcast and then those great reviews about him and then the great story that we shared together about the world's most dangerous fruit. That's true. All right, so speaking of sweet jeans in Japan, let's take a look at our John's News. Uh, today's, today's John's News comes from a link that I sent to Benjamin and then closed. Metro UK. Well, thanks, Benjamin. It comes from Metro UK. Uh, now, for our dedicated listeners, you'll know that this is our, uh, our critically acclaimed news segment. Where we oh yeah. yeah it's like our third most We're, popular segment uh-huh where thanks to us being really cool dudes and man maybe listener support but probably not uh, we uh, read the name of the article and we look at the pictures and uh, we take the example of our country's leadership and we do not pay attention to the article itself. No words, just just the title and the pictures. This is the only place on the internet you're going to get the news straight. This That's is true. so not fake news. We didn't even read the articles. We can't be influenced by fake news. We run on pictures and titles alone. It's a... Uh, it's PKD's worst nightmare. Yeah. You know? Like, it's, uh... And, and what's our news segment this time, Zach? All right, so uh, the title is, These Are the Most Pinned Jeans on Pinterest. And uh, I don't know what Pinterest is, but I assume it is some sort of tailoring franchise. Uh, and, uh, uh Yes? I know when I clicked on this link, it described them as the most desirable jeans in the world. So I assume that Pinterest is a place where it's like a stock exchange or something. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it's it's like a stock exchange of the, the title got a lot less bold whenever mm. I clicked on the link. 
compared to the length the title was. I will definitely say that. This this might be borderline clickbait, just to warn you folks. But I mean, you don't have to click on it. That's part of the John's cast advantage. We click is uh, we click we on click it. that bait. Yeah, so you don't have your to. mouth. Re- your mouth remains hook free. Yep. Uh, and then there's the picture, which is a woman wearing some two-tone Johns with like a weird seam, like halfway yeah, like over the fringe seam yeah. on the on the side of the legs. Yeah. Well, the good news is, guys, it's been weeks since this has happened. Months, maybe even. Uh, I would definitively call these made of denim and Johns. Ah. <laughs> uh, that's true. These are definitely Johns. These are not only pants; these appear to be jeans. You could um, you could conceivably actually wear these in public. Yeah, and you wouldn't even get arrested, unlike the last two. So, uh, so, so one, you'd just be arrested for being a space-time traveler. The other one, you'd be arrested for being naked. Yeah, um, <laughs> but these are okay. So good on you, Pinterest. Um, I mean, they are the most desirable jeans in the world. Yes. Now let's let's break it down. The reason that these are the most desirable jeans in the world, and yet I find myself oddly repulsed, I think, is that these jeans are two tones, but I don't like either tone. Like I agree. These jeans are fucking stupid. Like They look horrible. Uh, and they're how many pounds? Remember, I look at the prices. Oh, they're not very many pounds. Oh, it's... 20 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever, like, that's hardly John's. Yeah, I, it hardly counts as John's unless it's at least 200 pounds. I mean, a peasant could afford this. <laughs> it's like being in the, the baller sneaker club. You know, under $400, no entry. Uh, but, you know, if you look further down... Uh, it has like a stretchier fit. Like I don't know if it's a skinnier jeans or a bigger model or it's just like more stretchy. But I think that looks a lot better. That looks like sort of a spacesuit look. It is. I mean, or a racing look. Yeah. Because these are two stupid colors sewn into each other with a weird, ugly fringe. That's true. Uh, All it needs because is because if you're going yeah. to if you're going to like budget your jeans to the point where you're like I can't afford a a a jeans worth of denim, but I have two sets of leftovers. Why not really highlight that with bold fringe running down from pocket to ankle, uh, right there in the middle? Like makes people think you're totally cool. Um, you know what would really looks real good. You know what would really complete the look is if there were some uh, some logos for the sponsors of your Johns, or some patches. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a few months uh, since we left the the clear plastic non jeans jeans world. Uh, it's had me patches oh, covering every cert, like surface of this. That's true. You could have a patch that advertised for Pennzoil. Or a, a patch that advertised for Meineke. 
Or, but please do not put a patch that advertises the Johns cast. Uh, if you got sweet Johns, stitch that shit in there. But like, this weird, horrible thing, please don't. Uh, <laughs> if we find out, uh, we'll pursue legal action. <laughs> Um, but please do give us some cash. Remember. Well, no, give Rami a BMW. Yeah. Because Rami, like, I don't, I don't want to leave our guests without a BMW. Why else would they appear? Yeah, on here? yeah, we have standards. Uh, that's U M A L L J A W N Z. Oh, by the way, uh, I should also be begging you listeners to like, subscribe, download on iTunes, rate us on iTunes. It helps a lot. Okay. And remember from last episode, which if you haven't heard, you should also listen to. Um, you should uh, download repeatedly, and maybe you'll get one of the secret intros to be welcomed into the ARG. Uh, just saying, it's a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of, a lot of fun there. Yeah, Benjamin and I have both been alternate reality gaming for, for a whole month most now. Most of our lives. Yeah, all, for most of our lives, in fact. It's been a real Truman show. Which, I don't know, it's a pretty good movie. I bet the Truman show life is better than most people's regular life. Alright, moving on. Uh, so speaking of jeans that even a peasant could afford, we played mm. we played the game of the proletariat, but also the game of the noble chess. Chess is in yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it really probably just depends which century you're in. Yeah, uh, yeah. chess is an exciting new uh, new game release on a geological timescale that runs on pretty much every platform: uh, Mac, Linux, Windows. Rocks browser paper. most browsers mail uh, yeah rock paper yeah. bones you can play it with bones yeah. yeah it's 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 pretty easy to to get to get going I'm sure this. you could build it in Dwarf Fortress or Minecraft um, <laughs> that's true so that's pretty cool uh, yeah yeah. So, so Benjamin, uh, why don't you start out by telling us what your experience is with this uh, lovely new game on a geological timescale? Uh, so, I, I first started playing chess um, when I had, like, a pre-kindergarten or kindergarten book from, like, the book fair about chess, which I purchased because it had, like, a righteous knight on the front cover. <laughs> nice. And by purchase, I mean shows in my parents' purchase. Um, and then that book about chess and explaining the rules of chess for children made me want to play chess, which I did with my father. Uh, for, for And he really taught me how to play chess, and we played it for like three months. Um, and then one time I almost beat him, and he never has played me again. So... <laughs> You know, the happiest time in a boy's life is when he beats his father at chess, finally. I didn't beat him. I almost beat him. Oh, he retired his champion? The the classical yeah, evil he, wrestling he realized, move? He realized, <laughs> he realized uh, that, that, like, if I almost won one time at six, that this was a bad run. And uh, that's also back when I used to think about my moves, which is my first and last mistake. 
But uh, <laughs> I don't make that mistake anymore. We'll we'll get to that. Um. So in the in the gameplay chips segment <laughs> later on. <laughs> so my own uh, my own chess story or journey, as it were, uh, also probably starts when I was about six years old. Um, so, so for some re- reason, I decided when I was a kid that I was going to be like really interested in chess and get really good at it. Um, was there like a cool image of a knight or anything that like put you on this path? No, I, I just really wanted to be good at chess. I think because I like showing off that I'm smarter than other people, mm. and chess is like that motivated many decisions <laughs> in my childhood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And chess is like a really raw way to show off that you're smarter than someone if you're better than them at chess. If you're not as good at them as chess. Then... It's a very bad way to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I got really into it for a while, like to the extent that I actually was president of high school chess club, which I kind of just did because I could put it on my college applications. But also, I went to, like, chess tournaments with other high schools and stuff. I uh, So yeah. I, I remember you being deeply embarrassed of this fact in college. Yes, and I am still deeply embarrassed of it. You're presenting it pretty positively at the moment, this, so I thought maybe you'd change your mind. This is a John's Cast confession. Confession. <laughs> John's Cast confessional. Do-do-do-do. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I am kind of embarrassed about it, especially since uh, it's probably starting at my chess club time and into my adult life. I grew to really hate chess because because there's two ways you can be good at chess, and really you have to do both of them. Uh, the first one is worse. You have to buy a bunch of books full of openings and famous games and memorize all the moves that <laughs> that are considered Lame. correct from, like, beginning Boring. to end. And then also you have to learn to think really far ahead, which... Oh, uh, that's, yeah. that's a terrible decision. Yeah, which is why I kind of still don't like chess, although I'm nostalgic for it. I mean, you you did like it enough to choose it as your pick this week. <laughs> That's true. Well, you know, sometimes you got to go back to your roots. Um, yeah. And and how deep those roots lie, as you crushed me <laughs> in chess twice in a row tonight. That's true. I uh, I still remember, you know, a few things. Whenever I'm at the point where, like, I'm better than everyone who doesn't know what they're doing, and I'm worse than everybody who does. It's, uh, it's That's probably yeah. the exact right amount of investment to impress people in public generally. It's true. You just gotta, you gotta scope out the matches you're going to lose and decline those. Yeah. But more generally sort of ag people on into playing chess so that you can smash them into dust. (laughs) Beneath my fingers. (laughs) Uh, So, Benjamin, uh, what did you observe while we were playing chess? I know that you were talking about something and then didn't want to burn the cast. So wanted to... I'm glad I've totally forgotten that, so I both burned the joke <laughs> and the cast. 
Because oh, no. um, I also remember talking about something, shouting, burn the cast, burn the cast, and stopping. In fact, it's two <laughs> points. Uh, once in each game. And I don't remember at all what either of those were, even remotely. Um, I'll assume they were real stupid and leave them to the wayside. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I guess the most interesting thing about chess for me to talk about is, uh, is this concept of like a solved game, right? So, and, and this is something that comes up in video games too, but like people don't usually put in the research to solve, for example, like Overwatch, <laughs> Right, and that also has real-time elements, so it doesn't entirely make sense, but I'll explain what I mean. Uh, so, but people yeah. do put in the research to solve other games, and that is why StarCraft and StarCraft Two have patches. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Uh, all right, so to explain what a solved game is, like, uh, so I think if you pick... Uh, a group of two random adults and tell them to play tic-tac-toe, it's likely that they will know the algorithm to use so that the first player wins. And if the first player messes up, the second player will know the algorithm to use so that it's a tie. Right, like, it's solved. You can force it to be first player wins uh, regardless 100% of what the, of the time does, right? You can force it to be draw or first player wins yeah. 100% of the time. Yeah. And, like, you probably learned this trick in, like, third grade. Yeah. And, uh, and checkers is also simple enough that uh, you can... It's been proven on the, on computer that I forget which side always wins, but, like, if both players play a perfect game, then either black or red will always win. Right, it's solved. You could print out a book of of every move that you should make in every situation in checkers. And basically, uh, the checkers universe runs on a math equation. Yeah. And somebody already found the answer out to that uh, that homework. Yeah. Question. Yeah. Basically, and in uh, chess, historically uh, resisted that sort of analysis, uh, but I think like. Like, just because it's a lot more complicated than checkers, there's a lot more positions. So if you want to chart out every possible chess position, you can't really do it yet. But, I mean, I mean there's been some, like, wishy-washy research that kind of does that. Um, but uh, but chess is, like, almost solved. Like, I I don't think a human can beat a computer at chess if the computer is like not handicapping itself basically right like when did that happen because like deep isn't deep blue like one of these like early chess ais that like ruined famous professional chess players or something yeah uh i think it's deep blue versus copper of 1990 something which which was the so like when the cyberpunk dystopia was supposed to start, computers started <laughs> winning chess. Yeah, uh, yes, and that that was is considered the turning point, I think. But at this, I'll remind yeah. you what both Johns and uh, and 
video games look like in 1990. Chess can't be that damn complicated. <laughs> True. Uh, but at the same time, like, the way that computers beat chess is sort of inelegant, right? Like, if you look at it from the right perspective, it's sort of a method of cheating. It's like, if I'm a person, I can play, say, three moves in the future, right? And figure out what the board's going to look like any three moves in the future, and I pick one that's probably going to be the best for me, and then that's the avenue I pursue. And computers do the same thing, but they're just a lot better at calculating so they can go like 10 moves in the future. And then that's enough to brute force the pants out of anybody. Right. Um, but, but like, the Johns yeah. of anyone, if you will. Yeah. Um, but like, if I'm a person and I'm playing a game, I think there's other elements to it than pure calculation. Like a few things that, that uh, Ben and I talked about while we were playing is that it's really more fun if you don't think about it, <laughs> right? Like if you just move pieces around, it, uh, for, for at least me, it gets to be like more visceral, like almost like a, like a shooting game where you like... Yeah, if you treat yeah. it like a real-time strategy game... Uh, it's more fun. Like, a real-time strategy game is compared to playing chess. I'd say... <laughs> I'd say... Yeah, it's... Is a, a man who's wasted thousands of hours playing super competitively in real-time strategy games. Yeah. And and somebody who's that conned into playing chess <laughs> by uh, us living together and, and being very bored and drunk initially. Well, one of us <laughs> drunk. Um... <laughs> Me. Yeah. And, because uh, that was back when Zach was a teetotaler. Yeah. So that was, that was. When the totality of, of his drinking was rele- relegated to uh, what, what Zach referred to as his first uh, virgin cocktail, the ghetto mocha. <laughs> which, which, by the way, is really good. And I, you yeah. should, in fact, uh, so people can make this at home, or perhaps even better, their own local university, uh, tell people how to make the ghetto mocha. Because it was delicious, and once you started, gave me a swig of one, I started making them myself. And sometimes would even put brandy in them. Okay. But frequently not, because they're delicious. Yeah, uh... So, unfortunately, I found out later that this actually has a name, and it's called a Florentine, and uh, which is unfortunate, because a friend of ours... Not my heart, yeah. goddammit, and neither on the John's <laughs> cast either. This is called the Ghetto Mocha, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, Zach made it up. <laughs> so, Zach, why don't you tell us about your hit cocktail, the Ghetto Mocha, the Florentine can fuck itself. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't come up with it. Like uh... <laughs> Zach totally did. It's called the Ghetto Mocha. It was awesome. Zach, how do you make it? Fine. I invented it. And the thing that distinguishes a Ghetto Mocha from a Florentine is that you make it out of bad coffee that comes from, like, mm. a huge drip drip cauldron. And you... so it's like a cauldron with a coffee faucet on it. Yeah, and... 
in GT. Most your... easily found in the server of your <laughs> local university you take, or business place. You take your gross uh, borderline magical coffee and you take... Preferably at like after midnight, like where it's been there for a long time. <laughs> And you take your gross bag of uh, of bargain basement Costco hot chocolate that only mm-hmm. tastes good because it's like filled with sugar, and you mix mm-hmm. them together. And then you have a ghetto mocha, <laughs> which gives you the caffeine you need and is way more tolerable than just drinking the coffee. <laughs> or probably even than just drinking the gross hot chocolate by itself. Plus, you don't have to wait on the water to heat up because the coffee's already hot. So it's instant. True. Uh, I think the instantaneousness and the ghettoness of it is what differentiates it. Because any man can make a Florentine, but it took Zach to come up with the the hit new delicious beverage, the ghetto mocha. That I still sometimes drink to this day. (laughs) And that goes great with brandy, which is Florentine garbage with brandy don't even try it it needs to be bad coffee it just doesn't work the same otherwise and it works better with bad brandy (laughs) yeah the the bad coffee and the bad brandy cancel each other out too wrong sometimes to make right (laughs) exactly uh yeah so one more thing i wanted to say about chess uh, and also you're welcome for that transgression please call in give us money if you like yeah, yeah, remember guys, what's the, what's the, you mall Johns? Very good, you mall Johns. Did I say transgression? I meant digression. You did? But it was a, well, it's probably both. It was a transgressive digression. Those are my favorite kinds, yeah, actually. It is. Um, yeah, so one more thing I wanted to say about chess before we go to our first break is uh, so one element of it that's sort of more fun is not thinking and just like feeling, wow, I took a piece. That's pretty cool. And and like the other thing I like is psychology. I think that cheating is a really interesting element of strategy, which is something that we could talk about more. Um, yeah, so. yeah. Do you want to talk about it now or after the break? Because I have a lot to say about that, actually. All right. So uh, let's talk about it after the break. And at that, let's go ahead and go to the break. Start cheating now, kids. Uh, what was what our sound? Clack, 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 clack. clack, clack. Checkmate. Clack. Clack. Clack, 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 clack. Hello, and welcome back to the John's Cast, the number one podcast about John's. Hope you didn't get too bored there. Uh, well, I sure did, but hopefully our listeners don't, because there's going to be almost no time between when we started the break and when we ended it. Some people get bored just during sound effects. <laughs> well, I try to make my sound effects very exciting. I Listeners... If you enjoy sound effects like this, that we half-heartedly make with our mouths. Write in, record your own, and we might use them in the future. <laughs> That's true. Where could the, where could, where could uh, listeners uh, send their, what file formats do you prefer? Uh, I prefer Og, Ogvorbis, Ogvorbis. Uh, 
Do we have any like less butthole things they could record? In absolutely, that's also absolutely okay? not. You can record it in anything, but then I won't give you the same respect. I uh, wonder if they're not worried about the respect and just want it to appear on the podcast, because I would really like people to turn those in and us have one episode of everybody's combined, because I think that'd be funny as fuck. You know, Benjamin, that is pretty good. But you know what I really want in a listener is I want someone I can beat at chess and then make fun of. That's all I really want. Is that so, so you wrong? Want me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we found each other. Um, speaking of found each other, what kind of booze have you found today, Benjamin? Oh, I've just invented a great new cocktail. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a slight variation on one that I no longer remember the name of uh, that we've had here before, which itself was slight variations of previous ones. You may know an ongoing theme here. Mm-hmm. But this one's called the Tennessee Taco. <laughs> I can't wait to learn what's in the Tennessee taco. So here's what you do. Mm-hmm. If you, at least where I live, um, if you if you go to Taco Bell mm-hmm. before 5 o'clock, I usually wake up in the mid-afternoon, so I don't know if you can do this in the morning or at lunchtime. Oh. It's maybe a mid-afternoon. Day. So you mean 5 o'clock p.m., just to be okay. Yes. Between 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. is where I've tested this. Okay. Uh, at least around here, um, Taco Bells have a happy hour in which, uh, you know, your tequila shots are half price. Um, but also, uh, all drinks are $1. And that includes the improbably delicious, um, I think like Starburst branded, uh, like slushies, <laughs> fruit slushies, and so um, next time you're at Taco Bell before 5 p.m., but probably after 2 p.m., um, like I was today, you'll be like, I don't normally order a drink at a fast food place, but uh, I'll do uh, one of these delicious slushies for a dollar. So you get the good strawberry one. Mm-hmm. I've never tried any others because I like a strawberry one so much. I always get that one. Um, and then you drink it, and then you have this empty Taco Bell cup. So then you pour some sour mash whiskey from Tennessee bourbon um, into that glass. And that's a Tennessee taco. And then you drink it, and it tastes like whiskey. Nice. Does it have... It kind of smells like strawberry, but you already drank all that. So that's more of a ghost of a memory. (laughs) It tastes like whiskey. Okay. But... That's that's my cocktail today. Nice. The Tennessee taco. Whiskey haunted by strawberry. I like it. And encased in a Taco Bell cup that only cost you one dollar. So this yeah. cocktail is very budget friendly. It's one dollar plus the whiskey, which I assume you already have. Of course you do. All right, that's a fun cocktail. Um, so let's move back to our discussion. Begrudgingly return to our discussion on chess. <laughs> Uh, but we're talking about the fun part of it now, which is cheating. Benjamin. Oh, yeah. Benjamin, what so do you... This is definitely yeah. 
Oh, go on. Sorry. I was going to ask, what do you like about cheating? Basically everything. Oh, okay. My favorite part is you don't have to do the work, uh, which is the hard part when I'm against. <laughs> but in games, that's in life. Yeah. In games when I'm cheating, um, my favorite part is that – so I have this slogan you may have heard before, which is that thinking is the opposite of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Trademark. But also, the other thing is, is that losing is also the opposite of fun. True. So, in a game, if you want to have fun, you want to both not think and win. And unless you're a lucky motherfucker and we're playing sorry, you're probably going to have to cheat if you want to get this accomplished. (laughs) Because other people are way less committed to fun than you are. They're probably thinking... Some of them may not even care about winning. Well, you have to stomp these motherfuckers into ashes. So, (laughs) how are you going to do this? And this is where the real advantage of physical instantiations of chess, where nobody gives gives much of a shit, and uh, there's no judge or timer or anybody's watching, and preferably drugs or alcohol are involved. Because those are those are not only great ways to have fun, they're great ways to distract your opponent. Um, and so I don't, like, look at the board or really think before I move. Um, and that's why chess is fun to me. Um, but I also want to win. And that's a terrible way to win. So <laughs> the secret is, is when your opponent is like, doing giant bong rips or, like, refilling their Tennessee taco or whatever. <laughs> you just move pieces around and they're not looking. <laughs> I, once again, would not think too much about it, but in general, I would suggest moving your pieces closer to their king or their king just a different place than where he is. <laughs> just sort of at random. These are the most efficient ways to do so. And this is my overall strategy for winning at chess. The more implausible you're cheating, the funnier it is. The funnier and probably more effective, depending on how deep in the Tennessee tacos they are. All right. Uh, So here's what I think about this subject. Like, chess is very rigid. Um. You know, even more so than, like, your StarCraft, because it, it doesn't even have, like, a time. Is this a way to add a little like... jazz to it? You know, a little <laughs> a little more freeform, a little looser? Yeah, well, like, so I, my favorite podcast right now is, uh, is The Adventure Zone, which is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast where they care a lot more about the comedy than they do the rules. And they're all mm. like really good improv comedians, so it's really funny. And you uh, told yeah. me this podcast was awesome, yeah, but I hadn't listened to it yet, and now I want to listen to it a lot more, knowing what it is. Yeah. I sort of assumed it was a podcast about Adventure Time, which I've seen two episodes of, and they were kind of funny but deeply confusing. <laughs> well, that's all in the charm, Benjamin. Uh, but yeah, so so I'm starting to really think about the value of just storytelling in games, 
right? Like, if you're allowed to cheat in chess, then that's almost like a way to make it your own. It's a way to really narrativize something that's very abstract. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and like the same thing with playing mind games in chess, like. I am definitely way better than my older brother at chess, but he would always win because he's good at getting into my head. <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, which older brother is this? Uh, the one that's not quite as old as the oldest one. This is this is my the one I know, my fellow onion hater. Yes, the onion hater. Okay. He hates onions. Whose name we can insert right now. If he likes it. His name is Bob. Um, anyway. <laughs> that was so fun last time. We had to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so, so he hates onions. <laughs> like a real man. Yeah. And he loves being mean. Chess <laughs> wise. Like a real man. Yeah, but, but like again, that makes it a very different game. Like, like, there's there's a depth to it that you don't get just from rules. Either, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's I guess, the same thing as cheating, because you're engaging with another person mentally rather than, than just engaging with this mathematical system. All right, so, so I think it's a good way of, like, transcending chess. Like, see what you can get away with. See what's funny. Is... So do you feel like this is specific to chess in that chess is a closed game, the way we were referring to earlier? How would you feel about cheating in games that don't are are not sort of solved? Um yeah, so it's, yeah, so to bring it back to the thing about solved games earlier, like uh, like the game being solved, I think provides a lot of incentive to try to find more interesting approaches to it. Like uh, if I was going to play, I don't know, some random Chinese checkers. No, not Chinese checkers, <laughs> but like Seven Wonders, like some new game that's fairly complicated, right? Like uh, I have a really hard time just treading water in seven wonders like i wouldn't really want to cheat in it because i have a hard enough time just figuring out the systems and the systems on their own are really well thought out and fun but but i think that chess is so strict and it's like to me so oppressively uh oppressive (laughs) that like Mm -hmm. i really have this incentive to try to break out of it um, same thing, I think, with Monopoly is a really good example. Like, Monopoly is a horrible, horrible game, and really just a, a machine that wastes time, unless you cheat, which... <laughs> oh, so which, so yeah. my argument here is, have you ever played Monopoly with the real rules? Yes. Which almost nobody ever does. I have. Because it's certainly a lot less long... Um, when you're, you know, auctioning off every property every person lands on, which is a core component of the rules of Monopoly. Yeah, that's that's true. I've actually I've never played it that way with people, but I've played the video game implementations where they force you to do okay. it that way. I think I played the where they force you to play the most basic fundamental rules of Monopoly. Yeah, unlike a mere mortal would do. Yeah. So like 
I think that's an interesting point in itself that humanity, like basically everyone, both plays Monopoly and refuses to play by the rules. Which maybe is that evidence that the rules are terrible? <laughs> like, well, I think it one, it's evidence that the rules are terrible. But the problem is that the rules that people make up are even worse. <laughs> So, Which is definitely true also. Yeah. So I don't know what to make of that. I mean, the rules, like, the rules of Monopoly on the ground, as it actually gets played, are largely based around not having anybody get kicked out of the game. Which causes the game to go on forever, mm-hmm. which is bad. But also games in which... They're, they're social games in which some number of the participants, the worst case being one, best case being most people, get removed from the game before it's over and may continue on for long periods of time afterwards, which is terrible. Like that you're misunderstanding what a game functions as in a social situation to develop rules like that. Yeah, like, that would only work if everybody is playing Monopoly super competitively, which is bad for its own set of reasons. And, and but still, like, the, the first person who loses may just have hours of nothing to do. Yeah, exactly. By themselves, which is bad. Yep. Which is why cheating is the best. Everybody should cheat, kids. And it's also why the Johns cast doesn't have an episode of Monopoly yet. <laughs> Maybe someday. If you if you want to pay us off to not have an episode of Monopoly, call in and buy Rami his BMW. That's Umal Johns U M A L L. A few yeah. hundred thousand dollars to Umal Johns. Mm-hmm. We could have a more fun game than Monopoly coming in our future. Baby, and just think about. Think about how much Rami's going to love that BMW. <laughs> Maybe even a more fun game than chess. Um, I hope. So the thing we haven't talked about yet is what you get by donating to 1-800. Oh, sorry. There's no way 1-800. We're not that legit. That was a J. Sorry, that folks. Was a J. <laughs> if, you, if you donate to the John's cast uh, at the $10 level, what do they get, Benjamin? At the ten dollar level, I mean, and some like insulting comments. Um, I mean, <laughs> the, the fees associated with with calling us are probably higher than that. What are you into? <laughs> okay, and don't you want comments? At the hundred dollar level, you get a nice tote bag made of denim. At the one oh yeah. At the one thousand dollar level, you get two tote bags. And these tote bags are fantastic. Not only are they raw denim, um, but uh, they're perfect for hauling your johns in. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you got to keep those johns dry. Um, and so all you need is the $2,000 level bonus to get a clear plastic shield shaped like the denim tote bag to encase your denim tote bag in when it's raining put your johns in so that your johns don't get wet. Very important. At the $10,000 level, you get our famous, favorite famous 
and dangerous fruit, a durian. At the $10 million level... I mean, what do you think happens if you leave a can of that open in your fridge? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good, I'll Listeners tell you that. note. But maybe fun. Listeners... You'll... Uh, fun for sure. Fun for sure. Uh, listeners note, if you don't know about durian or dangerous fruits, listen to John's cast episode... What's, what's the name of the last... What's the number of the last episode? Uh, I believe it's 23? 23-ish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to, to find, you know, it could be an episode needed direction, but uh, yeah, listen to that, and, and you'll know all about the place. All right. Uh, at the $10 million level, you get a BMW. Congratulations. And you can drive with Robbie. Uh, side by side down the highway in this BMW. If you donate $10 million, I bet we could even get Rami to show up and drive beside you in the other lane. Um, and you get your pick a lane. So uh, when you do that, please, please, uh, note to, um, our, 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 uh, beloved John's cast associate who will be taking your phone calls. Um, which lane? you would like to be in and which lane you would like Rami to be in and what highway um, you're looking at paring down. And you can go whatever speed you guys want. Rami will match you. You can stop traffic. You can get arrested or you can go bold. You can uh, you can go fast and get you guys both arrested because I bet Rami doesn't give a fuck if we give him a free BMW. So... Indeed. Uh, at the $100,000 level... Is our which is a lot less than ten million. I, I note. Um, <laughs> Good catch, Benjamin. <laughs> We're not so great with math here at the Johns Cast. Uh, Despite having graduate degrees in math, from, uh, <laughs> one one individual here. At the hundred million dollar level, and this is billion. Hundred million dollar level, and this is hundred million. Very special, guys. Like you're definitely gonna want to donate a hundred million dollars to buy a Rami a BMW. At the hundred million dollar level, I will buy a plane ticket, fly, uh, possibly nonstop, but actually whatever's cheapest to your hometown. Get out of the plane, go to baggage claim, wait for a cab. When the cab gets there, I will go to a uh, neutral spot of your choosing, preferably Panera. I really like their coffee. Sit down. Preferably in public. Preferably in public. (laughs) Sit down at your table and give you a small peck on the cheek. Now, I can't do a big peck on the cheek. I'm married. You know, there's limitations to these things. Tomorrow will probably be there watching. Yeah. (laughs) To make sure things don't get a little too spicy. (laughs) But, uh, it's true. It's true. Yeah. But this will be your opportunity to get a little peck on the cheek from Zach for only the cost of a hundred million dollars. And this and yeah. how much is your money's worth? Like, do you know how few people have had the amazing experience of a Zach kiss? Like, there's been wars fought, men have lived and died pursuing this goal and this dream this impossible dream could be yours and plus i mean some people like it even better when tomorrow watches so <laughs> that's an added bonus 
for only one hundred thousand uh, dollars. And you don't even have to leave like your local Denny's. Like you can get Zach to show up there. Uh, <laughs> Carl Jr. Uh, Taco Bell, maybe during happy hour, like we were just talking about. Get one of those one dollar strawberry slushies. Delicious. Yeah. Shockingly delicious. I would drink one for you, but you might have to pay for it. <laughs> you also have to buy Zach's meal if you're at a restaurant. Yeah. Um, Sorry, it's for tax purposes. You know how it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. We don't have anybody to sign receipts, and you got to pay for parking if that's an issue. But um. Yeah. So uh, so that's you, Mall Johns. Uh, Say it again. U M A L L J A W N Z, and uh, and please donate to buy Rami a BMW and buy yourself a little peck. Oh my gosh, what a steal <laughs> for that peck! What a steal! I mean, God knows how much Tamar paid for this. So. She. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she paid with an everlasting partnership through this adventure we call life. Yeah, that's a lot more expensive than ten million dollars to people that have a lot of money. Very true. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so with that, what do you say we go ahead and take a break? Clack, clack, click, 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 clack, clack, click, click. God damn it! <laughs> Back. <laughs> Clickety clack clack Welcome back to the John's Cast, the number one podcast about John's. Like, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, and donate. Uh, uh donate for Rami. Yeah. So uh this is the time for everybody's favorite segment or possibly second favorite segment depending on where you come on the uh, on the mail versus reviews debate um and this is the segment where we ask you the audience a question and then you write in an answer mm-hmm. do we have any old answers this time uh we do so uh, on the last episode benjamin asked what is your most dangerous fruit and, uh, I think I just asked, what is the oh, most dangerous fruit? What is the most dangerous fruit? And uh, and we got a response from our old pal, Rick. Okay. Rick writes, In my D&D game, we found an apple that gave you godlike powers, but then you died. <laughs> Ref, Norse mythology, signed Rick. Thanks, Rick. Uh, I would point out uh, you should read the poetic edits again, Rick, because those apples are the only thing keeping you from not dying. And uh, the the god-death scare comes from from when they run out of apples, briefly. Um, Which is very weird, by the way. yeah. Yeah. I mean, that also kills humans if you run out of food, so... Does, uh, does that mean that Norse gods are just people with apples? Norse gods are some of the most shockingly human of of like divine entities. For one, like even their even their immortality apples just make them ageless. 
as Ragnarok proves when they're basically all killed in battle. Um, anyway. Because uh, they die. Yeah. If you stab them with spears or bite them with gross poison. Anyway, on that uh, on that note, uh, Benjamin, what is your question for the audience this week? So my question for the audience this week is, uh, is running just high on the coattails of, of our Tennessee taco cocktail? Mm-hmm. And if you want to participate on both ends, this is a perfect opportunity to two-for-one us here. Um, so go to the Taco Bell happy hour, and uh, then look at your, uh, once you finish your order, go ahead and pod this podcast here. We'll wait for you. Mm-hmm. Ah, glad you're back. Um, uh, is is what what sauce hotness and flavor did you choose at Taco Bell? Uh, myself, I mean, I go for the hot because it's it's the best of both worlds. You get a little bit of kick and that delectable flavor. Um, great sauce, love the love the hot at Taco Bell. Oh, very good. No, not the fire. That shit's garbage. It's <laughs> weird. I uh, I. Tend to go to the go for the fire because I'm a sucker for gimmicks. You you like real gross flavors? Uh-huh. Like oh, it's the weird bitter herbs for my taco. <laughs> hey, I'm accustomed to bitter herbs, especially dipped in that good good salt water. Mmm. So I mean, why limit yourself to once a year? <laughs> like uh, you can you can relive the uh, Passover experience. Every day between 2 and 5 p.m. in Taco Bell. <laughs> Which is really what I aim for. Um, uh, listeners, if you want to write in to the John's Cast and tell us about your favorite Taco Bell sauce, uh, write in to johnscast at gmail.com. That's J-A-W-N-Z-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Like how a human being would spell John's Cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wouldn't you spell it that way? I certainly would. I did. Yeah, yeah I mean, we definitely did. <laughs> yep, that's uh, how it's spelled. On the record. Yep. Uh, all right, and then finally, the uh, the highlight of our show, the crown jewel, our review segment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And today, Benjamin, I want to review life. How do you rate life? Graphics, 10 out of 10. Most realistic I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, very 3D. Uh, the V-Sync doesn't even cripple your computer. Um, or it defaults off, really, either one. I don't putz around with that stuff too much. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, game, what's next? Sound design? Yeah. I don't know. Most shit sounds horrible, and I'm partially <laughs> deaf, so uh, three out of ten. Okay. Uh, you turn on a radio? Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> gameplay. Uh, I mean, this is controversial, but uh, I'm giving I'm giving it a zero out of ten. Ooh. Uh, I, you know, a man in a medieval bar once told me uh, that. And a Death's of Mugs game, and a computer once told me in a conversation I had about this film I've never seen mm-hmm. that the, the the only way to win is to not play. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and uh, in a one of the many books he wrote that I really enjoy, a obscure post-Nietzschean Eastern European philosopher, uh, Emil Kran. Uh, he uh, <laughs> he wrote a great book called uh, "The Problem with Being Born." Um, so, mm -hmm. or or its hit sequel, "The Temptation to Exist." Um, which one should not succumb to. Uh, <laughs> I know I don't. And uh, so replayability is, uh, I'm going to go 10 out of 10. You don't even have a choice. Uh, you know, the endless cycle of suffering in samsara just has no end. Uh, but it's always <laughs> novel. It's a roguelike for the horror of existence. Um, so I think that it probably averages out to like an eight or nine. So pretty good. <laughs> pretty um, good. <laughs> All right. How about you, Zach? All right. So I'm going to go with graphics, uh, seven out of 10. You know, it's, it's starting to look a little aged. Uh, I think it would be better if we went with cell shading. Ah, um, uh, you're, I, I only regret my decision. Um, yeah. cell shading is deeply superior. That's true. Cause it looks good forever. You know, given another 100 million years, our biology will look despicable. It's true. So, uh, all right, sound design. I'm going to say 5 out of 10. I really like the novelty. Like, I think that in contrast with the uh, with the kitschy J-pop and, uh, and pseudo-classical scores that we've come to expect... Real life has a lot of just like ambient noise, which I find really interesting. But it's still it's only yeah. a five. It's very uh, what is that? What is that sort of uh, soundtrack called? Where where all the the music is local? Where all the music is local? Oh, like yeah, yeah that's a really good word to know, but I don't know what it is. Well, incidental music. That, that uh, say it incidental again? music. No, it's not. Okay. Uh, that, uh, bloop music, uh, that's, that's a really cool use of that mm -hmm. in real life. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, just, just explore around. You can find some cool sounds. Um, all right. What was the next one? Gameplay. Yeah. Um, you know, Five out of ten. I wish I could ollie on a skateboard. I think that would really improve things. Some uh, some people can. Yeah, but if I learn to do it, I'm afraid I'll break my knee and then starve to death. We have sort of aged out of uh, the ollie verse. Like, I don't know if Tony Hawk can still ollie. He also probably has grandchildren. So, <laughs> but can his grandchildren ollie? Are they? I bet they can. Are they named Ollie? I bet they can. I bet they have those sweet, sweet skating jeans just flowing, flowing through them. I bet. Uh, replayability, as Benjamin touched on, sort of depends on your religion. Uh, <laughs> it's opt-in. Yeah. I uh, I go for sort of a materialistic Judeo-Christian worldview. So Are you a New Game Plus sort of guy? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the uh, 7. Mostly I've seen okay. it all before, but <laughs> but there's some new discoveries. Sure is easier round, Yeah, too. exactly. 
Uh, so I think that averages to, I don't know, like a six. It's pretty good. Would recommend. Given that I describe this as being an unending nightmare. Uh, <laughs> and yet your score was higher. Yeah, my score was well high. <laughs> Funny how that happens. Sure is. Uh, so uh, if you feel ways about life and want to tell us about it, uh, wait till we ask you, because we didn't ask you that shit. We have a different, better question for you to answer. Um, and where should, to the real question, those people email us again? Uh, they should email us at johnscast at gmail.com, J-A-W-N-Z-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Oh, no, I'm receiving a phone call, Zach. Oh, what are they saying, it, then? It, it, it's from Rami. <laughs> what is Rami and He's weeping. He's openly weeping. He's sleeping on a street corner because he does not have a comfortable BMW to live in. Um, and and guys, this is a tragedy he does not need to live on. And this man needs somewhere better than like the local 7-Eleven to plug his uh, PlayStation 4 Super Collector's $140 version in the metal tin of, of Persona 5 into... Um, he needs to plug it into a BMW. And, doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't, I, I, I think yeah. we owe it to Rami. Uh, we all laughed at that episode, <laughs> and we can all contribute to the amount we have. Mm-hmm. And so if you have $100 million or just a few hundred million, um, call us up. Yeah. Rami needs you. Well, well, I wouldn't say need, but... But once. Let's go yeah, once. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, and with that, bye everybody. Clack, 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 clack. Fuck this game. Woo! Cheating's awesome. Yay.